dancing on the ceiling. Welcome to the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dustin Blanton, along with the returning co-host, Travis Masterson. Welcome back. Oh my goodness, you left to get cigarettes and milk and you came back. Back in the building. I had a very refreshing week in Colorado. Played a lot of golf, hiked a mountain every day. Episode 20, you can call it the Tony Pollard of episodes on a oh, night like tonight. When you, <laughs> when you just needed a little more from Tony, at least you get to episode 20. Just, a, just a, could, was it too much to ask for a touchdown? I, I, you know what? I don't mind losing it, just getting absolutely shellacked, blown out. I don't mind losing like that. That happens. At least I know I had no chance. But to lose when I'm like, I'm the entire game, I'm not even enjoying Monday Night Football. I'm like, if this just happens, if he catches this pass and takes it 20 yards, I know. Like, and then you, you have to the, watch to the end uh, of fourth quarter on Monday night. Right. And then I'm trying to get ready for the show. And then I'm watching back and forth. I'm like, oh, man, if, if Philly scores a garbage time touchdown here, and then Pollard comes in. But then, like, you get to, we'll, we'll cover Corey the game. Clement. But my goodness, that. I hate losing close matchups, and we're, there's just so much to talk about on this show, so much football to read. The thing about the matchup, though, for you and that one in our home league is that I looked at, you can't go to sleep wishing that you did something different because there was nobody else on your bench that you would have played that gave you a better chance than Pollard. No, so at I least you can sleep lineup. knowing you made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It always it always makes you uh gives you a little peace because if you're staring at a James Conner seventeen on the bench and you're like no there's I chose Pollard over Conner this one week you know yeah I so I was having to choose between I mean ultimately when the week started and Elijah Mitchell was only questionable and then slowly creeping into doubtful and then I'm like you know what I've got Tony Pollard here I bet you he has a role which he does and I'm very happy about there's there's oh. There's so much fantasy relevance to talk about Tony Pollard and so much victory lapping to do for me. But mm-hmm. with that aside, I'm pretty happy with how my team performed. Um, we are, we're waiting for some guys to come back. We're, we haven't played our best fantasy football yet. Okay, so there's still so much work to be done. It's early. I'm one and two. We can recover, Travis. This isn't a lost season yet. We got a lot of games to cover, man. What a week in the NFL. Uh, let's, let's, let's we'll kick it off. Oh, goodness. I see the first game on our show sheet here, and it's absolutely <laughs> you, what did you, sure you want to start with the Bears after this the tonight? Bears, my Chicago Bears, and the team that taught them how to play football. It was like, oh, man. I don't even – look, I don't know how to to discuss this game right now because – it was disgusting. I, I I invited family over to watch this game. We had a nice Giordano's pizza. It was it was nice. And we're just sitting there watching like, okay, no, no, they'll get it going. And then it's like the second half and Justin Fields has five pass attempts. Like, why? Like, I could have gone to Lowe's, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> could have gone, gone to Lowe's, Home Depot. Just so, all right, we'll break it down. Justin Fields, rough, 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 rough. Six for 20 for 68 yards. And that's not in a quarter, guys. That's in the entire game. He went, he's a mobile quarterback and ran three times for 12 yards. So, ask me how I am. 
That's not going to do it. I actually traded away Justin Fields last week, knowing that he was going to get the start this week, knowing that Cleveland was going to give him problems and that his value would go down. It would be a while before I could trade him again. Yeah. And sold him hard last last week to That's a guy smart. who had Baker as his starter <laughs> and, and started Fields sold the rushing Baker. upside. He started Fields. It's actually the guy I was playing against. And I got to see Justin Fields give me three wow. points on the other side. A Justin bomb on the league. I hate to say that I was right about this when I brought it up in the last episode when you were gone. I brought up that this was not going to be a coming out party for Justin Fields. I mentioned how the offense for the Bears is kind of, let's let's say, porous and inconsistent to be nice. And the Browns, I don't, they're not quite in their, their ultimate form yet, but they are leaps and bounds ahead of the Bears. Are The Bears had no answers. That defense is not porous well, whatsoever. No, and... You've got two seconds to find somebody. Sure, especially as the Bears and their, their terrible offensive line. I, I'm going to take the, the route of a pessimistic Bears fan right now and say that Justin Fields was not ready to play. Like I brought it up earlier in, in the, uh, the season, talking about how Justin Fields, out of all the rookie quarterbacks who played in the preseason, Travis, he held on to the ball the longest. And I knew, especially against a, a Browns team, that doesn't pressure at a high rate, but they stop the run. They were going to get pressure on a quarterback that was going to hold the ball longer than anyone else. And they, they weren't like designing any short passes or screens to help. Uh, or, or they were, but that's all they were devising for Justin Fields and anything else. Like nothing was working. They couldn't get an offense rolling. So it was constantly long third downs, long third downs, second and 14s. You know, and there was nothing that and that D line is one of the one one of the top teams in the league that you do not want no, to do that against. Nine sacks, Travis. Nine sacks. Yeah. For it was just how you feel about Allen Robinson, knowing that the quarterback situation is a little shaky, the O line situation is shaky. Is he a buy low? Are you too worried to buy him? You can't sell him right now. No. It, Look, if you're buying Allen, I mean, I've got him in, I've got him in two or three leagues, and I'm like, holy crap, yeah, what, what am you, I doing with this guy? What do do you, I bench him again? I don't know if, man, I at this point, looking at this team, knowing that uh, if you listen to Matt Nagy talking about how it's either Nick Foles or Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, it's one of them. <laughs> yeah, they uh, said that tonight. I was like, oh, what? One of them is going to play quarterback. Thank you for stating the <laughs> current state of your roster right now. This is list attempt chart. We have three quarterbacks, and one of them will play. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. You're so sneaky, Matt. He's, he's really keeping the, uh, the teams that he's facing on their toes. But yeah, I'm, to answer your question, I am, I'm worried about Allen Robinson because, you know, it was already a stretch to say Andy Dalton was going to keep him in the you know, upper tier wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one range. But he, you know what? We've seen it from Andy Dalton. He can do it. I knew that it was going to be a fall off falling to a rookie quarterback. Uh, I love Justin Fields. I stated it enough. But I do have questions about his readiness right now and how he's going to fit into this offense and even now there's questions about uh, the competency of the coaching staff so yes I'm worried about Allen Robinson no I would not sell him right now because you can't you're he's at his absolute floor right now Uh, this offense you're gonna have to write it out when somebody starts like he has started everybody projected he was one of my favorite guys in the draft based on his third round value 
Right. But he was projected to be a top 12, top 15 receiver unanimously. Any platform, any ranking, he was a, a top 15 guy for sure. And yes, it's early, but three weeks is still a chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to have some huge weeks to balance out these this first three in order to finish as a wide receiver one or top 15. And I don't know that this offense is going to allow for him to have those type of huge weeks. He's not a breakaway guy. And no. especially in standard format, you're in trouble with Allen Robinson right now. Yeah, he's relied on volume. And I'm hoping in you know, the next couple of weeks, especially next week against the Lions, it's maybe a catch-up, hey, this is what I can do. Honestly, that's probably going to be a sell high point because he, then they get the Raiders who have been red hot and the Packers, and then you face the Bucks, the 49ers, and the Steelers. Yeah, you need you need a one good game from them to move them out. The next, if you want to call it a quote unquote easy game, might be against the Lions again in Week 12, and that is a harrowing thought. So you might be looking to sell high. Speaking of possible sell high, I don't know if you call it a sell high, but man, it's good to see Odell back on the field. He looked, he looked good against uh, Bears defense that was honestly playing from behind and had to honor the run. Kareem Hunt put up a monster game. But Odell, looking like his old self, coming back five grabs for 77 yards. What do you think, man? Nine targets. Nine targets was, was the most important number for me. You wondered if his first game back, is he going to be limited? Is he going to be the alpha out there? Even though the competition for targets is still... Higgins and Peoples Jones, uh, it's it's nice to see Odell get almost double digit targets in his first game back. I don't. It didn't look like they were just forcing it to him to make him feel welcome back. Like he was wide open. He looked sharp. He looked confident. That was a good outing for Odell. If he, if he throws a touchdown on top of that, that's a really nice day. Your first day back after a long time. Yeah, it's good to have him back, man. You know who would be nice to have back? Ben Roethlisberger. Where did he go? All this hype about he's back. His arm is even fresher than the last two or three years. I don't. It's not. It's not pretty. You watch this game and he does not. He looks like a shell of himself. He's not. He doesn't. It looked like his balance was off. Yeah. It's like maybe he got his ear hair trimmed or something. You know how if you mess with your ears or something, your balance is off. It's like he's always falling down. Like, what was that about? The ears don't stop growing, Travis. And he is a man of advanced age. So Brady's ears just grow slower. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, uh, uh, in fairness, Tom Brady's not human. So Ben Roethlisberger is half made of Cheetos right now. And the man looks like it. He is now. Uh, a very puffy Cheeto. He looks drunk. <laughs> he looks drunk. <laughs> that is a good way to put let's it. Just, let's just say it. He looks drunk out there. Every time he throws the ball, he's falling down. Yeah. I saw so many clips. I'm like, what? There's nobody around him. Are his cleats too long? <laughs> like, Somebody play a prank on him? <laughs> He'll throw a pick and be like, I throw this back to the other team. Just like I like to throw back a shot of Jack Daniels whiskey. It was so, it was bad. I mean, he'll have better days, but I was excited about him as a QP2 in best ball. Really? Like a late, a late best ball round. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger will have a couple of those 400 yard, three or four touchdown days. He might have one or two, but usually the Bengals are one that you can pencil in for him to do that against. Yeah. And it was ugly. Yeah. That look, let's, let's get into some of the storylines in this game because we, uh, we've, We've got some stuff to talk about 
first of all, the really the only weapon that was used for Pittsburgh, it was Najee because he was kind of their de facto only weapon at one point in the game with Deontay already being out, Juju leaving, Claypool missing some time as well from an injury. Dude saw 19 targets. That's a that's a that's a running back. That's insane. That's a running back that saw 19 targets and 14 carries. He totaled 142 yards. So per touch, he was five yards per touch, which is great. But he's not going to be the only person on the offense every week. Are you worried about Najee at all? I mean, where you drafted him, you kind of you kind of knew he was going to be their bell cow. But I didn't expect the offense to be this bad. Are are we going to see this get worse before it gets better? I'm not worried about Najee, but after a performance like that in a PPR league or half PPR, I might be looking to sell because this is the ultimate ceiling after a week like that. Just see what you can get. Right. You can, you might be able to get an owner. Let's say an owner's 0-2 and, and now is 0-3 or one and two and has Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for a couple weeks in a redraft. And you say, here, you can have Najee. I'm two and one or three and oh, I'll wait for Christian McCaffrey. Do it. Right. Those are the situations I think you can look at. Dalvin Cook, he's banged up. You're oh and three. Take Najee. Like, that's where my mind goes. That's the level of guy that I'm willing to take. I'm not going to do it. A Najee for Gibson right. or Eckler, like he's in that tier. Right. Like he's, he's as safe move. as it comes for a tier like that. He he's the same as those guys. But if you can elevate to a McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook, sure, off of this performance from Najee, do it. Yeah, uh, another guy that that performed decently before he left was Chase Claypool. Fifteen targets and turned it into nine receptions for ninety six yards. Um, that's I mean that's something. Especially he's not going to see that volume. I don't think, especially if. And when Deontay and Juju return, it was it was a nice game for him. But again, watching that game, Ben did not look like he had control of that deep ball. He did not hit on a lot of deep passes. It was mostly intermediate stuff. And look, it's still going to go back. the The theme of this season will be Big Ben and the I believe the constant deterioration of that arm and his talent because Ben does not get healthier throughout the year. I I just I don't think this is going to be a happy season for the Steelers. And then you've got an up and coming team like the Bengals with offensive weapons, even when they're down one of their wide receivers, they're able to put up points. Claypool was my wide receiver big pick of the week based on my thought process of he's going to have a ton of targets without Deontay there. They're gonna be doing the quick hitters. And he did. Fifteen targets, nine grabs, ninety six yards. You can't ask for much more than that from a volume standpoint. He didn't catch the the bombs. All he needed was one bomb or one touchdown for for it to work as far as being five points more than projection. But I think he was three or four points over. So it it sucks to take an L there, but he was a great play. In a a full PPR, you're very happy with Claypool. 15 targets is a ton. Sure. Jamar Chase. um, But, yeah, four four catches for Jamar Chase. I mean, Twitter was going crazy. But half of them were touchdowns, and in fantasy, that's that's all you want. That's Tyler Lockett. I mean, that that kills you some weeks. If those aren't touchdowns, he's going to be the reason that you lose some weeks. I'll tell you why, though, because the reason why is because Burrow only had to throw 18 times because they had the game they had the game in hand. They they were playing very well. 
it wasn't it wasn't like uh you know they had to come from behind they they won by two scores you know Pittsburgh didn't really I mean they had a touchdown in the second quarter but then up until then you know in the third quarter you're talking the game it's already 24 to 7 not really you're just running the ball you're handing it off to Joe Mixon who had a nice day I thought he was going to get shut down in this game um but then TJ Watt doesn't play and Joe Mixon not bad uh, not bad. He he had 18 carries. I think he- we saw we saw his floor. I mean, this was a matchup, like you said, against the Steelers defense. You're thinking this is going to be one of the more quiet days I'm going to get from Mixon all year, mm-hmm. barring health. And sure enough, 19 touches, probably yeah, you know, as, as safe as it gets as a back end RB one yeah, again. This is a nice game for him. This is, and he's got a a nice schedule coming up as well. The Bengals, um, going. A week four, they're playing Jacksonville, and then they played Green Bay, and then they're playing Detroit. So, firing up Mixon for the next few weeks, and you're feeling good about it. You know, T. Higgins, if he doesn't play, then Jamar Chase still going to see volume, even when Ch- uh, Higgins is back. Chase is playable. So, this Bengals offense looking good right now through the first, you know, three games going into the first quarter of the season. And look, we like offense. Yeah, it, Bengals are going to be at home versus Jacksonville. On Thursday night, I have uh, picked up the Bengals defense in any league that I have that's not a waiver system, and I think I did that yesterday or the day before, just proactively saying, if you're playing Jacksonville, Bengals are at home, they're riding high right now, defense is clicking, they made made the Steelers look pretty bad, at least for a a lot of that game. I think the Bengals defense is a nice stream ahead of the Thursday night game at home. Short week, short week for Jacksonville with who's already yeah. looking like crap. Yeah, you know who hasn't looked bad though is the Bills. The Bills played the Washington football team. We'll roll through this one just like the Bills kind of rolled through Washington. Gibson saved his day with a one seventy three yard uh touchdown run. Uh it was a screen pass, looked really good. Burst. He's really strong. <laughs> you know, get him in the open field, that's what you hope for. But in a game where they were playing catch up and the Bills looked absolutely dominant, you're starting to see some of these weapons emerge that we didn't think were going to be relevant. You know, Stephon Diggs isn't having to be relied on as the only target, as the only weapon. You've got guys coming out of nowhere. Granted, Singletary didn't have a great game this week, but Zach Moss did catch a couple touchdowns, or he did have a couple touchdowns. Sanders caught a couple touchdowns. Beasley going 11 for 98. They've got guys that are now being made better by Josh Allen. And the truth is, this is a good team. And I honestly, it's obviously we're probably a few weeks late in saying this, but they're a dangerous team. They are probably, in my opinion, right now, the favorite team in the AFC with the other, you know, the Chiefs struggling. I think the Bills are hitting their stride and this could be a special season for them. I just need Stephon Diggs to find the end zone. I, I'm not worried about Diggs. I'm not going to touch too much on Washington. I think they're in for a long season. If you have Gibson, Terry, Logan Thomas, you're going to be up, down, up, down, up, down all year. Um, But as far as Buffalo goes, I'm, I actually saw on Twitter, a lot of people were asking, are you worried about Stephon Diggs? I am not. The only reason no. I would be worried about an elite receiver like an Allen Robinson is the O-line's so bad they don't have time. The quarterback's really struggling. Yeah. The play calling's terrible. None of those are an issue. 
the too many mouths to feed mindset of, well, you know, every now and then it's not going to be Diggs. That's fine. That happens to everybody. Maybe not Devontae Adams, but even Tyreek Hill. Sure. Back-to-back weeks in single digits, even in a half PPR. You're not moving him. No. He's going to be fine. He's on a high-powered offense. He's going to have those 30-point weeks. Don't move Stephon Diggs. Don't move Tyreek Hill. Just enjoy their 10 or 12-point weeks and wait for those 30s. Yeah, no. You're going to be fine. I agree. Yeah, you don't, you don't move the top receiver on one of the top offenses in the league. You just don't do it. You, you, you hold the... You hold the uh, the form. You stand tall. You, you start that guy. You'll 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 be happy with what happens. You know the Colts and the Titans played Travis, and uh, apparently it was a weird game. It, it was a weird game because, man, I, first of all, what hap- What is happening with Jonathan Taylor? I, I looked into that, and the one shocking thing that scares me the most is his snap percentage. And I don't know. I wasn't able to to find enough to compare to last year's snap percentage, but it, it has to be significantly less. Over the back half of last year, it felt like he was getting tons of work, always on the field. And now, I don't know if it's because Max healthy or they like Naeem Hines' role so much. He's getting out-touched by Naeem Hines, and yeah, he's playing on the season 50% of snaps. I mean, if you're watching that game and that's your RB1 with the probably 7th or 8th overall pick, you're watching him stand on the sideline. That is the most frustrating thing. Every other play he's not in. Just, I mean, that's one of the stats that will worry me. I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about efficiency. He'll he'll have those long runs that will even out those averages. I'm not worried about him getting stuffed at the goal line. They'll start to figure that out. He's a, he's a good goal line back. But if you're not in the game more than fifty percent, that is a a intentional action by the coaches to not have you in that's not a by chance you didn't get into the end zone that's on purpose yeah the usage is kind of baffling to me a bit he's actually gone down in touches each game he started off that game that first game we got a a sneak peek he had seven targets and then he's seen one and then three I don't know what the coaching staff is thinking maybe it's just game script I mean they're 0-3 this is a team that has struggled with injury they, the quarterback has looked unsure. The offensive line is, I'm not going to say in shambles, but they are, they are hurting right now. They're underperforming, and for sure. They don't, they don't have an identity yet. And so I don't, I don't necessarily think it's time to hit the panic button on Jonathan Taylor because, you know what, he started off slow last year, and then as the season went on, he built up steam, and then we were starting to see those those big you know jump weeks and you know what his efficiency metrics his per touch metrics are actually pretty decent yeah i would buy low if you can if you can if someone if there is someone in your league that is panicking on him and is willing to get rid of him then sure but i'm not necessarily looking to sell him as an as an owner no but but you can buy him kind of like what we said earlier if there's an o and three or a one and two who's overly frustrated with him and you can sell a Kareem Hunt that just went for 20. Yeah. Then you might be able to do that Kareem and and Jacoby Myers or something like that to to get a buy low Jonathan Taylor or maybe um you look for a team that has too many running backs and they're just dying at receiver. If you've got enough, yeah. then throw them, you know, throw them a, a 
Would you trade Mike Williams for Jonathan Taylor one for one? That in a PPR league, I'd have to I'd have like to really think about it because that's I know. Like in the moment, it's like uh duh i'll take jonathan taylor and then you think about it it's like wait mike williams has me at three and (laughs) oh yeah he's he's seeing double digit targets you have to do that trade right i'd have to think about it i I definitely that would be hard to say no to but i just yeah jonathan taylor i just i know what he can do and can you believe we're talking mike williams for jonathan taylor one for one in week three and saying eh maybe not yeah the world's a strange place man football's football that's wild michael Pittman's seeing uh those kind of target numbers though now and that feels nice that's good to see it's your boy yeah i'm i was a little worried and then he started to come around he's finally made it into my starting lineup which is where he belongs and he's helped back to back 12s yeah i'll take it i'll take it i i feel good having him there um, still losing games though, be- because of one Derrick Henry, and he's doing some nice things. He's catching passes now, which is oh, a oh he was opposite of you. He's this a week terrifying in the home league. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was not a not a good not a good feeling, man. And that whole team, that Tennessee Titans team, they <laughs> they're really bad. You and you know you and your brother both call them the, the Tennessee Derrick Henrys, and I was like, ah, are they? And I'm like. Now, they my really guys, are. I see why. They really are. It's like he's gonna give you a thirty piece. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna force feed him touches. I think they're. I really do. I feel like they're. He has a contract behind his contract that was like, look, I let you guys put me behind Demarco Murray for two years. Like you have to give me all those those touches again. So now here they are, and I called it last week. I said he's gonna be heavy in touches in the second half, and lo and behold, there he is. Although. Look, we can talk all day about Derrick Henry. We know he's great. We know he's going to produce. A.J. Brown went down in this game. Really unfortunate. He, it seems like every year he starts to get going, he tweaks something. It's a foot injury. It's a shoulder. You know, now it's a hamstring. And what really frustrates me, Travis, is that he has the Jets and the Jags the next two weeks, and there's a good, good chance that he doesn't get to take any of those. And as a fantasy owner... I got to ask, one, as a, as a Julio uh, manager, nice, way to go. But AJ, look, are you looking to, to sell on AJ right now? Maybe you can still get some name value. And are you looking to buy low on AJ Brown? Because right now, if, you're in a, if, you're, if you have AJ Brown, you probably spent a second or third round pick on him, and he hasn't produced well, you might be hurting right now. You know, are you looking to sell? Yeah, I had a friend ask me, would you trade away A.J. Brown for Gibson or A.J. Brown and some A.J. Brown and Connor, A.J. Brown and Dylan, um, one of those level, A.J. Brown and Naeem Hines, one of those level running backs with A.J. Brown for Antonio Gibson. And I said, I would do it. I don't think you'll get it, but do it. And sure enough, he offered it and wow. he got it. Uh, the Gibson owner was was a little bit impatient, and that worked out for the the guy, my friend, moving AJ Brown at the right time. Just lucky with the injury, but that's what it's come to: is see what you can get. I don't know. I mean, if you're deep enough at receiver to wait for him to come back, fine. If you're not, you might get two guys. Sure. Like, for example, would you would you like Michael Pittman and? Brandon Cooks or AJ Brown? 
why do you ask me these questions? Yeah, I... Those yeah, are two guys that are going to give you what well, you need on a weekly basis. Season, it feels wrong. They're not going to give you a thirty. It, look, if you were look, if your wide receivers are Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks right now, you're not in a bad spot. Yeah, crazy, but that's where we're at. I we all had Mike Williams as po- a possible. I've never had AJ Brown. I know you've had AJ Brown a lot, so you probably feel a little bit higher, a little bit more loyal to him than I do. It, it's a fun ride with with AJ because you know what? Even in the games, because he can go all game with having three for twenty three, and then he'll take one for seventy four yards, and he can do that four or five games in a row, and it feels nice. But then, especially when he gets injured, you're kind of left holding the bag, and you kind of get impatient. So right now, I think you're. I think you have to hold A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown or Calvin Ridley as we transition to the Falcons? God, that's a great question. I'm probably still going, <laughs> oh, man, that's, oh, that's gross. I'm probably, He's killing me, man. I'm, He's killing me. I'm, I'm, leaning towards, I'm leaning towards Calvin Ridley right now because he's healthy, he's getting volume, and look, the touchdowns just aren't there. I have to believe that it gets better as the season goes along because – Look, they still won 17 to 14. Whoopee, I guess. You beat the winless Giants. But Calvin Ridley is going, this is probably what you're going to get all year because the offense, offensive line is bad. You know, Kyle Pitts is probably going to take a more prominent role. We'll talk about him later. But at the same time, you know, if you're looking at a possible sell window on Calvin Ridley, there's a there's a game coming up in two weeks against the Jets. Yeah. Well, Washington just got lit up, too. Sure. You know, you could. They got Washington and then the Jets. That, that you're looking at the right time. That, that's a great point. You could be looking at a sell window right here uh, that you're coming into. Another surprise fantasy asset that I saw did not see having value is Cordero Patterson. I just I don't know what to make of this guy because you don't. Do you, if I tell you, hey, man, you got to start Cordero Patterson, do you feel good doing it? I started him in a home league. My goodness. I had to start. What a move. I lost, I lost Deontay. I didn't trust Will Fuller yet. Michael Thomas is still out. I went Calvin Ridley and Cordero Patterson. Right, but you're not <laughs> two, starting two over Mike Davis, you know? Uh, right? No, but, but why not? I would. If I, I had them it. both, I'm starting Patterson. If I've got either one and I'm expecting a negative game script, I might think about starting Cordero. And that's that's just where we live now. That's he's outproduced that's Mike Davis through three weeks. He, I mean, you, you have to adapt. Efficient. Yeah. Look, we thought Mike Davis is gonna be a thing this year, and he just hasn't he I don't think he's way underwhelming, but he's your league average. You need three yards, he'll get you three and a half. You know, here's my thing with Cordero Patterson. He's been in the league for what, ten years? Yeah, feels, feels like forever. ten years. And he's been on five or six teams. Mm-hmm. And everywhere he goes, when he does get any piece of an actual offense, not like not a clear role, but like even just like three touches, not on oh, special electric. teams, on offense, he's explosive. It's like holy crap! Why don't they feed that guy? He's a beast. And then you don't see him the rest of the game. But the Falcons are like. Yeah, we'll use him. He's a freak athlete. We don't really have much else. <laughs> yeah, so it's like uh, maybe he's found one fun place in 10 years that's like, hey, we'll give you the ball 12 times. How do you like that? 
Like 12? Yeah, you ever run the ball? Yeah, I can run the ball. Sure, get out there. They have no one else. He looks good, man. He's so big. You know who else looks good? Saquon. Yeah. Saquon had a bounce-back game. I think everyone kind of saw it coming from a mile away. 22 touches. This this was a game we all we were really hoping for because if he didn't get this game, oh, some ugly, ugly questions. He goes 16 for 51 and a touchdown and then seven targets, six receptions, and 43 yards. Not bad. Not bad. I'm not worried about him at all. I, I obviously I still have questions because I mean it's it's me and I can't ever just believe that sure. yeah I mean the one thing that that I wanted to ask you too was I don't have questions about Saquon I think he's great do you think he finishes around his ADP hmm yeah I do I he's gonna have to have some huge weeks I don't I don't think that they're I don't think they're coming in the next few weeks he's got the Saints, and if they the Saints come in and have a nice game, then you're not having a fun time. Dallas, I mean, it's Dallas. You could probably score on Dallas's defense, but then the Rams, and you're not having a good time against the Rams either. So you're saying one out of the next three weeks is a plus matchup. Yeah, so more question marks are on the way. Absolutely. Do you sell? Right now, yeah, I do. Because what you can get for- You sell right I now. I sell right now. I Saquon has, for me, been... I'm fine with that. Yeah, go get go get Alvin Kamara. You know, go get... Look, he has that Will name. you take Eckler? Yeah, I take Eckler. Oh, sure. Yeah, me too. You, you want to give me Eckler? You want to go get... Montgomery? I think that's a little low. That's... that's you're probably getting worse there. Chris Carson? Uh, I'd ask for Chris Carson plus, but yeah, I would go after that. Yeah, go after I think that. so. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the same boat. For sure. Okay. And Alvin Kamara being on the on the Saints, who just throttled the Patriots. And let's talk about Damian Harris because he had a whole whopping six carries in a game that I honestly thought was going to be low scoring, and I thought the Patriots gonna, were going to come out on top. So I was wrong. I have Damian Harris in a lot of leagues. Best ball, redraft, I know dynasty. I'm a big Harris owner or manager, I should say. Yeah. The game was close for three quarters, and he's not getting any touches. And then I see James White down. He doesn't get up. Get a notification from Sleeper and Fantasy Life. At the same time, says James White carted off. I'm like, oh, no, that's horrible. But not for Damian Harris. He didn't touch the ball the rest of the game. That game was not close. <laughs> that game. Who got the ball? If you're talking running backs, it was J.J. Taylor. It was uh Brandon Bolden it was not Damian Harris that's ridiculous yeah just they I mean Jacoby Myers had 14 targets that was nice Kendrick Bourne saw solid eight for 96 and a touchdown but who didn't see that coming am I right I I two words man Bill Belichick because if you can tell me a you know the plan going into a game and you know how many touches his running backs are going to get then you have you have some special abilities, my friend, but Bill Belichick, this is going to happen. This is part of the experience with a New England Patriots backfield. You, the game script may tell you, all right, we're going to run the ball, and then you know, James White gets 11 targets, or you know, Brandon Bolden gets to, to, to come in and, and, and rush for you know, a few times. So it doesn't always make sense. I'm going to call an audible on the show sheet right Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have written down earlier today 
that Damian Harris is a buy low candidate. I do not feel that way. With Tampa Bay coming to Foxborough, don't buy him right now. Because you're going to buy him and play him, and Tampa's going to shut him down, and you're going to be upset. Wait another week, let his value go even lower after Tampa, and then go get Damian Harris. That's my advice. Don't buy him. Do not buy him right now before Tampa. Okay, so he gets he gets Tampa this week, and then he gets Houston and Dallas. So maybe buying after that Tampa game, I think you're on to something there. That's when you pounce. I think going... Go get Damien after or this week. Or if you're in a spot where maybe you're three and one or something like that, go buy Damian Harris cheap. You know, saying like, hey, he's going into Tampa. He's not going to score many points. You need a running back reduction. Yeah, that's true. And then you, you can convince you, a, get, you can convince an 0 and three or a one and two that they that they can't afford it. I might go and do that. I might go and do that. This is an that's an interesting point. I might have to go. The around. race is on in the home league. <laughs> Done. I'm sending text messages right now. <laughs> Jacob, like I said, J- Jacoby Myers, 14 targets. Camara, 27 touches because they've got no one else. That's what we expected. That is what we expected. 27 touch day, touchdown. Way to go, Saints! You broke my heart. Chargers and Chiefs. This was a. Unexpected outcome, but my oh my, what a game the Chargers had. Having all the answers to the Chiefs' questions. Week three, quiet game for Tyreek Hill, and CEH stays alive in the fantasy community. How are you feeling about this one, Travis? As a CEH truther, Thank you, God, for this game. Thank you, Andy Reid, for not being like Bruce Arians. I feel like I'm doing a Jimmy Fallon. Thank you for the, <laughs> yeah, if you see this skate when he just does the thank you notes. Right. Uh, I'm very happy with the performance. I'm very happy with Andy Reid for not bailing on his guy. He said, and Patrick Mahomes said, if we're going to make a run, CH is going to be a huge part of this offense, and that makes you feel really good as a CH third-round, second-round drafter. I do feel good with that. I do feel good with all the weapons being used in this game. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen on the Chargers side. Kelsey, of course, you you don't even have to bring him up. He is just a a fantasy stalwart. 12, 10, and 9 targets in the last three weeks and four touchdowns for Mike Williams. This is what we all were hoping for. Breakout year for him. That's what the Chargers are going to need if they're going to make a push. I don't have really any... I'm not worried about the Chiefs as a team. They're one and two. They're quote unquote last in their division. It's three weeks into the season. I don't think they could run the table and you would not be surprised. No. Although a surprise signing here, Travis, in Josh Gordon. Quick fingers. I, yeah, congratulations. You got Josh Gordon. So you, <laughs> yeah. our, our, our league has opened waivers for, for the entire season, so you can just go and pick anyone up anytime. It's really a league of who's fastest to the phone, and it's usually Travis. You were fastest when I was in Colorado when I was watching the Panthers game, and I saw McCaffrey go into the blue tent, and I was like, oh, should I get Chuba? Uh, what is that? Chuba, Chuba, yeah. Should I go get Chuba? And... I went to his name and I was like, who should I drop for him? I don't know if I want to drop any of these guys. And then 
Mm-hmm. It was like, boop, boop. Mm-hmm, yep. Dustin is added to Hubbard. That's I'm right. like, no. That's right. <laughs> so fast. So fast. As soon as I saw that. See, I plan my vacations after the season. We will also be going to Colorado after the Super Bowl. So I don't have to worry about it. Nice. But Josh Gordon, we can kind of break this down real quick. I know we kind of maybe have different feelings on this. I, I think of it as a big nothing. For me, he's 30, 31, and he's – look, to me, I, he's washed. He hasn't, he hasn't been productive in two years. If, if you want to call what he did with the Seahawks in 2019 productive, he was great. You know, seven years ago with the Browns, he had that one great season. But after that, he has been inconsistent on and off the field. He's a supreme talent that just never could stay relevant because of off-the-field issues. I don't think he's going to be able just to hop onto a top offense and be a contributor. I still think he, he's not going to fill the role of Mikkel Hardman. I, if anything, he's going to be battling uh, Byron Pringle and, and uh, Robinson for that wide receiver three role. At, at best, he's, the, he's a wide receiver four for me. That's his ceiling, in my opinion. So good pickup, I guess, but I'm, I really see nothing here. My question about Josh Gordon is two questions, actually, because you said 30, 31. He's actually 30. What is his ceiling? No, no. Oh, I'm sure you're going to say his ceiling is very, very high, and which he is all the time. No, no. I, I, I do not think that his ceiling is that high. But how do you feel about A.J. Green? Gross. Gross. Didn't he just have a five or six catch, 100-yard game? Was he in your starting lineup? No, but but if he can do that, no, because he's AJ. You're Green. saying he's washed, but he's on a great offense with a good quarterback. Sure. sure. Can Josh Gordon give you a five or six for a hundred yard game? Absolutely. It's just trade value. I mean, it's not somebody you're going to rely on. I if guess. Josh Gordon comes I, we, in and goes six for a hundred in a score, you're selling him and you're getting return. That we agree on. I do agree that he's a name. If someone in your league is excited about Josh Gordon coming back, awesome. Capitalize on that. Do the research. Find out. Because A.J. Green is still in the league, and he played the Jaguars, and he, or he, and he had a big game. He's got a lot more mileage, a lot more mileage than Josh Gordon. Man, Josh Gordon doesn't even remember how and much if he, mileage If he's he able to still do it. I, <laughs> True. What are you even talking about? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm optimistic that he can come in. If it was any other team, yeah. I'm like, eh, I no. Agree. But – because they need a second wideout opposite Tyreek Hill so bad, I think this was the only way he was going to be relevant. Yeah, so I, I understand. All you need is one game to be able to move him to. People are going to freak out. Hey, let's talk about this weird game between Arizona and Jacksonville because I I had a feeling, and unfortunately, it just kind of hit that this was going to be a game where the Cardinals didn't really feel like they had to come out and and fight tooth and nail to win. I think they kind of knew the other team would beat themselves, and they did. Uh, another, I'm going to kind of toot my own horn here. James Robinson did get the volume I thought he was going to get. Arizona's inefficient stopping the run. He went 15 for 88, and 6 for 46 through the air. He did have a fumble, but he did have a touchdown. This, this was just a game script game where they didn't need Kyler to, to be Superman. James Conner, couple touchdowns. I mean, you had like you said, AJ Green was the the big producer. D Hop was injured. Rondale Moore did 
almost nothing. So if you if you started your your Cardinals other than Kyler Murray, you probably aren't happy because you probably weren't starting James Conner, even though I maybe said to flex him. But he this was a game where they weren't gonna need to throw it. So Cardinals, that's that's kind of where you're standing. You didn't start really many Jaguars and yeah that's okay I don't have much to add to this one it's uncharacteristically low game for the uh Cardinals weapons this is probably the lowest game for Kyler Murray you'll see all year not because he's not playing any harder teams obviously he will play all the harder teams but he will be forced to do a lot more so yeah let's move on from this one there's not much there James Robinson like you said really nice game Connor sell high that's about it yeah Holy field goal, Travis. The Ravens and the Lions. That was awesome. This was a game. And I got to look, if if there was anyone who had predicted how uh, the Lions would play this season, it is Dan Campbell. He was not kidding when he said, look, we are going to bite your kneecaps off. And I think it's because they bit so much kneecap. They had like a full mouth in the fourth quarter and they just they couldn't bite any more kneecap. They were full of kneecap, and the only knee, the last kneecap they were going for belonged to Justin Tucker, and they just couldn't, they couldn't get to that kneecap, and <laughs> unfortunately, that's what lost the game for them. Um, so it's so close; they're they're almost there, but they lost this one, and it it's unfortunate because watching that game was a ton of fun. And I think you have some stuff that you want to talk about with uh, with uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I got. I just have like four or five real quick hitters for this game. DeAndre Swift is for real, matchup proof. I I was wrong about him and TJ Hawkinson. However, TJ Hawkinson gave me a nice zero, in maybe a one point, in a couple leagues this week. As I tout him last week, right. I say I was wrong on Hawkinson. He's for real. He says, "Oh yeah, here's a zero. DeAndre Swift, however, is amazing he he really is if he starts to get in the end zone you're gonna see some huge weeks from him I should have had more from you were right all along on him um Hollywood Brown got the yips right now oh you hate to see it it's hard to watch I was yelling to throw it to Sammy Watkins instead because he'll catch it um but last note my wife and I were watching this game and anytime an NFL record is about to have a chance to be broken. Everybody's going to be paying attention. So I said, hey, come in here and watch this real quick. 66 yards. And she was like, oh, my God, you know, that's so far. I'm like, I bet you he makes it. She's like, no way. And, of course, just like the fans, boom, off the crossbar. I was like, no, what? Yeah. yeah. And we were both screaming, Crazy. and neither of us, she has her own team. Neither of us had Justin Tucker. We weren't playing against them. We're not Ravens fans. Uh, I'm sure we hate Rob was losing his darn mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be maddening. Also, I want to say a quick welcome back to Mark Andrews. Five receptions, 109 yards. Welcome back to Relevance, buddy. We're glad to have you. Glad to have you. Ra- Let's talk some Raiders and Dolphins now. The Raiders won this game in overtime. And Travis, are the Raiders for real? Yeah, Raiders! They just don't want to win a a clean no. game. They love the drama. They're they they may not be biting kneecaps, but they're 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 scratching and clawing their way through this game. And they're like, you know what? We could win. 
In entertainment, I mean, Las Vegas is about entertainment, and they're doing what they can John to be Gruden entertainers. John Gruden plays drinking games with, with the owner <laughs> of the Raiders before the yeah. game. He's like, all right, you got to, you know, 10 shots, and you got to win the game with Peyton Barber. And he's like, okay. I bet you we can get this one to overtime again. And then they're going to go and do it. Uh, Peyton Barber is someone I don't feel comfortable in my lineup, but this week he produced. He was the... I think it was like the number two or number three overall running back on the week, and I would I would pick him up. I would put in a waiver for him because Josh Jacobs. It's a oh, I think he's already rostered now. Yeah, but I mean, I bet it's still under fifty percent. If you can add, oh, sure. if you can add Peyton Barber, Josh Jacobs is a guy whose injuries tend to linger. He's on. The, he's going to be on the injury report probably the rest of the season. It's just that's, that's just curve. how oh, that's not going that's just away. how it's going to be for Jacob. So there's going to be games that you think he's going to play, and then you get the Thursday Friday notification of oh he's out all of a sudden. Hold on to Peyton Barber if you're a Jacobs owner. Try to go get him. Don't overpay for him, but yeah. he's going to be nice at the at the back of your bench to have if you're a Jacobs owner. Yeah, uh, Dolphin side of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> Waddle had 13 targets. Um. That's really all you can say for the Dolphins. That was a an ugly, ugly game for them. Uh, Brissett didn't look as bad as other quarterbacks have in the past, but this this a weird a weird stat. Jacoby Brissett threw threw it almost fifty times, totaled two hundred fifteen yards, no touchdowns, <laughs> no interceptions. What? <laughs> Throws it. <laughs> Yeah, like, that just means it was near nobody. Four <laughs> not yards, just his just guys. Like, it wasn't near the defense. Death, but like annoyance by a bunch of paper cuts. It's okay. Uh, other guys that were relevant yeah. in this game, uh, Darren Waller. Um, look, you're starting Darren Waller, even though he didn't score in this game. Um, you're you're gonna be fine. Henry Ruggs is an interesting guy for me. I'll talk about him later in the show. But I like the way, I, I like the way that they're using him in this offense. And he's a lot of fun to watch, unlike the Jets. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. The Jets aren't fun to watch. The Jets aren't having fun on the on the football field, and the Broncos played them. And the Broncos had a nice time. They all went out to dinner after the game, and they got to go home to, with a smile. So um, I don't want to talk about this game any longer than we have to. Uh, Melvin Gordon looks good uh, as the... You know, lead running back on this team. He looks like he's been there, done that before. And on a team that likes to run the ball, especially in a game script like this, I like it. The wide receivers, unfortunately, KJ Hamler goes down with a torn ACL. That's unfortunate. But Sutton and Patrick, that's all they got now. And you know what? Even though he didn't put up a big game in this game, Noah Fant is still someone that you can, you can and should play. You, they didn't have to pass to to stay in this game, but I bet you there's going to be games coming coming up where they're going to have to score, stay in it, and I think Noah Fant is going to be the beneficiary here. Yeah, I I don't have any shares of Noah Fant, so I'm not I'm not going to be able to give a biased or unbiased uh, assessment of what I'm seeing from him. But the numbers alone, it doesn't look like he's going to be a focal point for Teddy. But without Judy there. He's going to be the third option, sometimes the second option, and in a in a league where fantasy tight ends yeah. are really tough to come by, I think you just kind of have to roll them out there and hope for the best right now. Yeah, you might not have a better option, um, especially 
with Corey Davis as well. I mean, he's the number one, quote-unquote, on that team. If there is a startable asset, it is him on that team. You're not ex- you're not excited he's maybe wide receiver four or three uh, on a good matchup. I think he's just a matchup-based guy. Yeah. Yep. We can move on. Not a whole lot to say there. The Bucks and the Rams, tons of fantasy implications in this game. A lot of fireworks. Uh, Cooper Cup is back to being his old former self. He looks great. I don't think touchdowns are going to be an issue this season at all. Uh, you don't? Sean, Sean McVay <laughs> loves drawing up plays for him, and Matt Stafford has breakfast with him. So what, what else is there to say? This is a match made in heaven. There was a play where I saw, I'm thinking, man, maybe they're going to throw this to Robert Woods. There's a bunch formation in the red zone. Nope. It was all other wide receivers in the bunch go up just to block for Cooper Cup. And that's Woods did yeah, a great job of is. that in this game. A lot of blocking, a lot of picks. He's a good sidekick for Cooper Cup. That, that I agree with. He's a selfless teammate. And that's, Let's just call him that. That's more. That's a more respectful name than a sidekick for a guy a like Bobby selfless Trees. Selfless teammate. I like it. I like it. So here we are. Deshaun Jackson made an appearance in this game, 120 yards and a touchdown. Because why not? We are here, and it's 2021, and Deshaun Jackson is still putting up 120-yard games. (laughs) He had that long bomb. Yeah, it was a 75-yard touchdown. I thought he was going to get tackled. I thought he got a little bit cocky there at the end. Sean McVay really liked that play. Just trots into the end zone. Robert Woods. Can we talk about Robert Woods real quick? Because I I don't know what to make of him. They haven't been using him. I think he... What do you do with buy lows at the end at the end of this episode? But I think he is a buy low still because I just I have to believe they're going to utilize him in the future. This this was a game where Cooper Cup, I think maybe if the league catches on and I don't know if you can game script out Cooper Cup with how good Sean McVay is. But I think Robert Woods, with how safe he's been in the past, could be a name to go target. I wouldn't blame you. Especially if you if you're thin at wide receiver. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers still valuable assets that were that were played there. You do not touch the running backs in this game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are absolute dog water. And can you play any of them with any matchup right now? I honestly, maybe Leonard Fournette. Like if they played the Jags, can you play any? Or I guess that's a revenge game. <laughs> I would I would give it to Lenny because he's he's getting passes, but Ronald Jones saw only five touches in this game. Chris Godwin uh, and Mike Evans were still relevant. I mean, Mike Evans goes over 100 yards. Chris Godwin, 74 yards on six receptions. Other than that... Gets the score, yeah. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard caught the, the touchdown from, from Tom Brady, but Tom Brady had a rushing touchdown as well. It wasn't... Like you're like Chris Godwin had a rushing touchdown. You know, Tom Brady wasn't a prolific passer in this game. He still had 432 yards, but touchdown wise, he wasn't throwing a bunch of touchdown touchdowns. So something left there. I think it's just a, a an offensive mindset this year for Tampa that we're seeing. They don't want to or care to run the ball. You don't have to with the weapons they have though. That there's no like, oh, let's establish a run, keep the defense honest. They just don't care. Right. Like, Brady's going to figure it out anyway. Yeah, we'll use the weapons we have. 
We'll move on to the yeah. Seahawks. How do you feel about my my Stafford for MVP pick? I don't like it. I don't like it. Stafford's not still gonna, don't. I don't think Stafford's going to win the MVP. He doesn't do some of the things that Kyler does. Uh, what if the? I mean, they get to play the Cardinals twice. If they beat the Cardinals both games, there's no way you're going Kyler over Stafford. I mean, true. I mean, kind of like the the NBA MVP. Like, you got to be on a winning team too. If yeah, the Rams win 15 games. Yeah, it's not crazy to think that. I guess he could be in the conversation. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is still going to be in that conversation. I I do think Kyler is going to be right there. I mean, MVP is kind of a, a fickle reward. It's just kind of a narrative thing. If the Rams keep yeah. rolling, sure. But let's move on to the next game, man. Uh, Stafford. Well, there's going to be plenty to talk about Stafford. Seahawks and Vikings. That was a game I I, I did not see it going the way it went. Because I thought this was going to be a super high-scoring game, and especially in the first half, it was seventeen to twenty-one, and then the Seahawks decided they were done scoring the rest of the game, and it was just field goals for the rest of the game for the Vikings. So it was exciting in the first half. Kirk Cousins, he knows how to find his wide receivers, I guess. Justin Jefferson going for nine receptions and one hundred eighteen yards and a touchdown. Dillon found the end zone again. Conklin, Tyler Conklin, seven receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown. They came to play, and it was it was nice. That's what I got. This is the Tyler Lockett I was scared of. I think everybody's scared of these games for Tyler Lockett. You just kind of have to live with them, though, especially with how fickle the star receivers, the star running backs have, have been through the first three weeks. He, you can't talk down on Tyler Lockett after what he's given you the first two weeks. So if he does this no. for another eight weeks in a row, then we can say, this is exactly what we said. Tyler Lockett's going to kill you for eight or nine sure. weeks in a row. I don't see him doing that. I think he'll be just fine. I was wrong on Tyler Lockett. I'm still going to say I was wrong on Tyler Lockett until he does it for eight weeks in a row. <laughs> for eight weeks. He's got to do it for half a season in a row. Then you'll think about it. Tyler Lockett yep. was... He had a fine game. It wasn't, I mean. It was bad. It, it wasn't a wide receiver one. It's, it's not like a game that I'm alarmed with. Like, it's a typical, he went four for four for 31. Yeah, that's not, that's a nothing really. It, it probably hurt your lineup. But you're not, it doesn't change your perception of Tyler Lockett. No. It shouldn't. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say that I was right about Tyler Lockett being underwhelming unless he gives you eight weeks straight of these sub 70 75 yard games with no touchdowns and you're like what is going on kind of like last year right right no i mean not a lot of actionable advice there though you're you're still gonna play Lockett. you're still gonna play um dk metcalf everyone who's playing you know dalvin didn't play in this game but alexander madison looked good uh, anytime that dalvin's out you're starting madison I mean, business as usual here. Kirk Cousin was a night nice stream there. You were happy with his production. The Packers and Packers and the 49ers played. This was a fun game to watch. Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Uh, there were some frustrating parts so good. to this He's game. So good. But other than that, man, it was just a lot of fun. Adams, what can you say about Devontae Adams? He, he is the best in the league. No one can stop him, especially 
with the health of the San Francisco 49ers cornerbacks, Devonta Adams did whatever he wanted to these people, and he did it well. A nice Brandon Ayuk showing in this game. He missed some touchdown catches. It, it was rough watching for a minute, and I think they're wanting to get him more involved, find that confidence, you know, quote-unquote, learn to be a pro with Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Debo Samuel t- saw 10 targets. The passing attack didn't look super efficient for the 49ers. Jimmy G looks like he's slowly giving that job to Trey Lance eventually. I See, if, if the 49ers win that game, do you feel the same way? I mean, I said this on Twitter. I said these, the win-loss record over the next three games before last night will have major consequences for Jimmy's outlook after week right. five. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. And this is one they dropped that if they won, if they're, if they win this one, and even if they lose the next two and go three and two, it's still his job. But what if you lose three in a row? The thought process here, especially in a close game game like this, is that there were, there were plays that could have been made that Jimmy G just could not make because he isn't Trey Lance. Yeah, that's a great point. Trey Lance could escape the pocket. He could beat the rush. He could extend plays in ways that Jimmy G just can't, you know, an average rating, he, Jimmy G, you know, 25 of 40, 257 and 2. He ran for, you know, oh, sorry, that's sacked. He was sacked four times, but he, an 87 passer rating. Those are average numbers. Those aren't going to, on their own merits, they're not going to lose you the game. They're not going to win you the game either. You need someone who can do a little bit extra, especially in these games. And Trey Lance probably, I say probably, is that guy. You know, especially when you're on, you're facing a team with Aaron Rodgers and a guy who went off in Aaron Jones, continuing to score touchdowns. You need. You think we see Trey Lance after the bye? I would say so. I I think, I think we're heading in that direction. When do the when is their bye? When when do the forty? I think it's I think it's after week five. I think it's a week six bye. If it is, I think we could definitely see a transition. That's going to be a storyline. It's been a story. Yeah, it's week six. But they have the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I say if they lose that game to the Cardinals, as two division matchups coming up. I know. That's what I was saying. If they drop the next three, it's going to be a yeah, switch. They're going to have to because this is a win or bust year. That's for a big them. loss for Jimmy. So something to take a look at if Trey Lance isn't rostered, he probably is. Maybe trade for him because that, that could be big. Um, we touched on Aaron Jones. He's looking like himself and AJ Dillon is not a threat right now to take he's unplayable yeah, we have a we have a person in our league that does start him he's almost unwatchable I, like god but it, people were drafting AJ Dillon around uh Sermon and Mostert and I mean I guess the yeah, injury wise you can't really count sure. them but round wise he was a seventh yeah. eighth round pick I mean that's where you leave it that's where you leave it. That's a waste for me. He he's he's not someone right now yeah. that you're you're thinking of fancy relevant. We just finished up the Eagles and the Cowboys game. It just finished up a few hours ago as we're recording this Monday night. I'm just gonna say it, man. Jalen Hurts looked uncomfortable all night. The de- the defense for the Cowboys did a great job in pass rush. Two interceptions. He was inaccurate all night. Jalen Hurts was. His wide receivers weren't especially doing anything super productive. I mean, Dallas just scored early and often, and I, I've got uh, 
I've I've got nothing else for them, man. It just it's it's really rough to watch when they aren't playing uh, with a lead or in a neutral game script because when he I we I brought this up you know in the off season I wanted to see what would happen with Jalen Hurts when he was forced to pass when he was forced to stay in the pocket and make accurate good decisions and he wasn't doing it he was missing throws his mechanics were off he. I have a feeling that the narrative for Jalen Hurts could change, and this isn't a great defense for, for Dallas either. The narrative for Jalen Hurts could change if they are not able to stay in games throughout the year. This, this is something to monitor because it turns from this is a guy who's super talented um, and he can keep his team in games and you know he's this dynamic running athlete, which he is. He's good for fantasy. But the we could start hearing rumors as we get towards the end of the season if this continues of Jalen Hurts might be finding his way out of town or in a to Houston. A, goodness, maybe. Maybe. Or Deshaun Watson. But Jalen Hurts, I just again, this is this fantasy is, wise though, he's still like he had a twenty point second half. Yeah, he I mean, playing from behind, he's gonna put up numbers just because he's able to run. They're gonna have to throw. Like a lot of that was in garbage time. You know, he had a touchdown in garbage time. He was able to run a bunch in garbage time. 29, Jaylen. 22, 22. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Still, I mean, he's not a bad game script proof. No. No, he's not game script. He's not game script proof. I think you, you kind of saw that today where he's throwing interceptions and he's having to come from behind. And yeah, I think he was lucky to get to 20 tonight. Very. I think so too. And look, I'm not saying sell Jalen Hurts, but I'm saying that. This is what you're getting with him all season. He's not an act. He's not a Kyler Murray. He's not even a Lamar Jackson, where he he can make the plays that they can when they fall behind because he's not an accurate passer. That's just where I leave it. I'm I'm not out on Jalen Hurts as a fantasy asset for this season, but I don't feel good. I you know if yeah you said all off season. I mean both of us were excited about the potential of him being a top five guy, but we both, sure, he's a yeah, the potential was there because of the legs. Both of us were still drafting him in the QB eight to 10 range. I think that's probably where he ends up. Probably, probably, especially with the legs. Uh, he's, it's going to keep him in the fancy conversation. So be aware. You, there's going to be more games like this to come, but again, he'll be playful. Cowboys look good. That O-line. I mean, they kept saying it on the, the broadcast. This offensive line's making a statement. They're making a statement. They're they're making a statement. Like we get it, but they really did. Zeke had holes all night long. Yeah. How about my guy Tony Pollard though? Nah. Huh? <laughs> he wasn't bad. I mean, they, he didn't. If he got the touches that Zeke got, he probably has the same stats. I'm telling you, man. I I'm gonna keep bringing it up on this show. Tony Pollard. Are you gonna is, keep starting him? Yeah. I'm course i'm gonna keep starting <laughs> oh, oh okay don't no not every week he'll be he'll be matching depending <laughs> on the other guys i've got you're right don't, don't you, i not, doubted you but you were right watching this game you were right about he, he's not a set and forget it but he is going to continue eating into that workload it is not hard to see that he is more explosive and now they're starting they don't just have to try and manufacture jet sweeps and screens for him they were running him you know between the tackles running uh, you know power runs with him and he was able to pop and get to the second level of the defense consistently. 
five yeah. yards, eight yard run. Yeah, and, you were right. I mean, he's he, his role, like you said on on last show, his role is clear. This is not a garbage time or third down back. They're giving him every other series. Right. This is a he's he's a clear part of the, of a high powered offense. You were very right. This is a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. Whoa. Tony Pollard okay. is that guy. I'm, I'm telling you right now, we're going to get to the end of the season. It's going to be a 50-50, 45 split in favor of Pollard. What? I'm calling it now. I, that's, that's what he's taking over that backfield. You think he finishes with the more snaps than Zeke? You're, we're going to get games in the end of the season where he is going to out-snap Zeke. I'm calling. If we had a producer other than ourselves in our low budget operation, I would make sure that our producer saves this clip. Yeah. I'm calling. So, hey, hey, Dustin, will you save this clip as our producer? 100%. 100%. Okay, thank you. (laughs) All right, man. All right. Well, I think think that's going to do it, though. I think we're going to end it right there on a high note with with Tony Pollard. Bold take. Let's just sleep on that one. He's a league winner, folks. Go get him. <laughs> That's going to do it, though, for episode 20 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're not already, go ahead and follow us over on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later in the week with our week four predictions. Football, baby. 